connecting, growing, and gaining opportunities together. Welcome to the Travel Hub Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Travel Hub Podcast. I'm Michelle Bouchard, your host for today's show. In late September, the Tribal Hub team hosted a virtual tribal security summit. This summit turned out to be one of our most successful virtual events to date, confirming what we already knew, cybersecurity is on everyone's mind. Attendees of the event heard from multiple tribes, agencies, and organizations about the critical role and responsibilities that tribal executives, tribal regulators, and tribal technology resources have in protecting and preparing their tribe. As Tribal Hub founder Mike Day likes to say, cybersecurity is part of everyone's job, as tribal leaders need to be informed and actively participating to protect their tribe or tribal enterprise to be effective. Building and gaining insight into the necessary and critical investments required for cybersecurity is critical for the cyber protection of any organization. Leaders at all levels and really in all departments need to learn more about what other tribes are doing to improve their security posture, to understand the availability of tools and resources, and to make those connections with peers and industry experts along with tribal and federal entities. For over 20 years, Tribal Hub has been committed to bringing tribes the information that matters. And right now, in the middle of a wave of increased cybersecurity attacks, we feel it is our responsibility and place in the tribal community to inform and arm tribes with the best practices, tools, research, resources, education, and connections to enhance their cybersecurity posture. One of the sessions at the virtual summit was centered around three organizations that you've probably already heard of. The session was titled Cybersecurity Resources Tribes and Enterprises Need to Know About, Tribal ISAC, CISA, MSISAC, and more. In today's podcast, you will hear this session in its entirety. You absolutely need to be aware of the resources these three agencies can bring to you and participate in them to make the best effort in protecting your tribe or tribal entity. Take a listen. Tribes across the nation are banding together to share valuable security information and best practices in a safe and trusted environment. You absolutely need to be aware of these resources and participating to be making the best effort to protecting your tribe or tribal enterprise. Today's panelists I'm pleased to greet you with are Mike Jackson, who is a cybersecurity advisor for the Cybersecurity Information Security Agency, CISA, of the Department of Homeland Security, and is the designated as the Oklahoma State Coordinator for CISA, where he is responsible for supporting the CISA mission of establishing and maintaining cybersecurity resilience across Oklahoma. Next will be Greta Noble. She is a senior program manager for the Multi-State Information Sharing and Analysis Center, which is also known as MSISAC, which is a division of the Center for Internet Security. She is a member of the stakeholder engagement team, which works with our nation's state and local territorial and government tribal governments, providing free cybersecurity resources and services to enhance collective posture. And last but not least is Tony Pepper, who is the Chief Technology Information Officer of San Manuel Band of Mission Indians in Southern California. Tony has close to 25 years of experience in gaming and hospitality, and prior to San Manuel, had been the CIO for a large US gaming and hospitality company, where she oversaw tech strategy and operations for 16 casinos across 10 different states and jurisdictions. Today, Tony will be presenting as one of the esteemed steering committee members of the Tribal Information Sharing and Analysis Center, known as the Tribal ISAC, which I will leave for her to tell you about. With that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and let Mike get this taken away. 
Good afternoon. So I am, again, Mike Jackson. I'm the cybersecurity advisor for uh, CISA, which operates under the Department of Homeland Security. I'm also designated as the state coordinator for CISA. What I'm going to do is talk a little bit about some of the off some of the offerings that CISA has and some of the ways that we can be able to better help you. And I promise to provide you some value by the end of this presentation. CISA as a whole is an agency within the Department of Homeland Security, and we are tasked with being the nation's risk advisor. And what that means is we are primarily responsible for working with the Department of Homeland Security to provide uh, emergency communications, uh, infrastructure resilience, federal network protection, proactive cyber protection, as well as working with our state, local, tribal, and private and public sector partners to ensure that they have that same service. We at CISA have one primary mission, and that is to lead collaborative national effort to strengthen the security and resilience of America's critical infrastructure. CISA is segmented into 10 different regions. I am the state coordinator for Oklahoma, so I would be located in region six. Now I wanna talk to you a little bit about what I do, what the function of the program that I work under within CISA, which is the Cybersecurity Advisor Program. The primary purpose of the CISA Cybersecurity Advisor Program is to develop stakeholder partnerships with tribal, territorial, public and private sector owners and operators of critical infrastructure and assist them with establishing cybersecurity resilience as well as instant response capabilities. So the Cybersecurity Advisor Program in summary looks like this. As I said, we do have one primary mission, which is functionally to be collaborative with the national effort to strengthen the security and resilience of America's critical infrastructure in all of those entities, including tribal, uh, territorial, state, local, private, and public partners. We generally accomplish this mission through six supportive, actionable functions. First thing that we do is we assess. We provide support for assessments for critical infrastructure risk. We promote our practices and strategies to get the word out in, in the community. We build, and that is build partner relationships like what we have here today, and educate, because education, as we know, has always been the weakest link in the cybersecurity posture. And we educate by either informing our stakeholders or training or doing some of the activities I'll discuss here. And we listen. So we collect stakeholder requirements and we help them to take those requirements and put them into actionable, resilient patterns for themselves. And lastly, we coordinate. 
As a cybersecurity advisor, one of my roles is to coordinate the cybersecurity activities in between multiple agencies, whether that is tribal, state, local, territorial, or with other federal agencies. So let's talk about some of these core cybersecurity assessments that we do. This is a really good graphic rendition of of showing the, the levels of assessments that we do from the perspective of upper management or uh, executive management down to the nuts and bolts people, boots on the ground, which are the technical people. We like to get a really good viewpoint of what an organization looks like with this cyber resilience review. And for for purposes of this discussion, I'll focus, that, that'll really be the focus of what I talk about. To list these other assessments, we have external dependencies management. And one thing that you will find in the cyber resilience review summary that I'll I'll be presenting is external dependencies management is a component of that. But we thought it was so important with everyone outsourcing their services, as many of the panelists before have said, all of these dependencies that could cause cascading effects to break that one assessment out into its own individual assessment with more granularity. We also do cyber infrastructure surveys. We provide a cybersecurity evaluation tool, which is able to provide some strategic information for management and also some technical information and to-dos for technical. We have phishing campaign assessments. We do vulnerability scanning with our vulnerability scanning hygiene program. We have validated architecture design reviews, which is more of a technical review of the placement of your devices and and the security posture of the logical and data flow. And then we do risk and vulnerability assessments, which are technical because these are our versions of pen tests. So as I said before, I want to focus on the the CRR assessment. And one, one of the reasons why I want to bring this out is because as a former IT security director of private organization and consulting with organizations, it's become really clear and present to me, and I think the industry as a whole, that you cannot manage what you cannot measure. You have to know what your current state is to be able to get to what your desired state is. And so we evaluate these 10 different domains in a on-site review takes about anywhere from four to six hours, give you a report card of where you are in your industry, where you are in the technology industry, and where you are with the nation as a whole or other industries as a whole. Next, I have some CISA recommended resources. We have an emergency communication division and they have some really good resources for you, uh, and they're always constantly evolving and developing. We have the uh, sector-based ISACs, which we've heard that term ISAC before because information sharing is so key to providing a robust cybersecurity. None of us can do this alone. Some of the election infrastructure uh, ISACs and the multi-state information sharing an analysis center, which is a a good resource that we like to pass on. That being said, 
I don't want to steal the thunder for MSI SAC, but they do have a really good uh, resource that you can download for free at this website called Stop Ransomware and the Ransomware Guide. And they give you some really good tips of things that you can do and things that you shouldn't do. Next, I want to talk about cybersecurity incident reporting. We've heard some really good webinars or really good panelists speak about their challenges and experiences with ransomware. And so the question always becomes, what happens if I become a cybersecurity attack victim? And and, and I want to say this from the perspective of cybersecurity attack, because a lot of us have gotten so used to these ransomware attacks that we, we almost think that that is the cybersecurity attack. But there all of the other threats still exist out there, viruses, worms, and other things. So I want to just provide you with three important basic steps. This is by far not a conclusive list. And the first step that you can do, assuming that you haven't allocated any of these services and have your own robust Uh, security posture response techniques. The first step is to identify, and you want to identify where the data has been impacted or which systems have been impacted or whether operational technology, hardware, we like to call them assets, whether they're people. The next thing you want to do is have some containment and isolate that area, if at all possible. Obviously, there are other granular techniques here With ransomware, one of the challenges that it presents is that it spreads throughout the network. So uh, you may end up having to power down devices, which is a challenge in itself for forensics. But you do want to, with all, contain this. And lastly, you want to perform some triage and kind of determine what are your priorities after you've evaluated your Uh, your identification of the assets that are impacted and and you've gotten it contained, what are your priorities for beginning to restore the services or respond to the incident? And so how would you do that? Well, this slide provides you with some context of how you can do incident reporting. There are several addresses here. I'm sure that we can make available. If you don't already have them, we'll make available. It's probably more important for you to know that don't wait until the incident has wiped you out before you report it. If you, re- if you suspect it, report it. Then begs the question, should I negotiate to get my data back? Now, obviously, this is an organization's risk decision. But what we recommend is that you don't pay the ransom, that you contact CISA, the FBI, or your local law enforcement and share that information with us so we can give you some strategies to attempt to get your data back or at least track the bad actors. Because the one thing you have to remember is that a criminal has stolen something from you. Just because you paid them doesn't mean they're going to give you back what they stole. We've heard a lot of numbers today. We've heard a lot of really good technologies. Uh, we've seen some, some, some good budgeting strategies. But what I want to share with you is all the things that I've told you about and all the services that we provide within CISA are exactly free. And so I'll wait to hear those uh, chimes if you want to send me thank you or you want to make sure you get my information. Uh, 
That's right. They are exactly free. We don't charge anything for any service that we provide. And I will hand this back over to Tiffany. Thank you so much, Mike. We're going to go ahead and get our next panelist started, Ms. Greta Noble with MSISOC. Uh, first of all, thank you again so much for having us to the summit today. We really appreciate it. Um, absolutely love to work with the tribal entities and tribal nations. And um, we are another group that can support you with some no-cost cyber threat resources. So that's what I'm going to talk a little bit about today and kind of let you know um, what we have available and maybe some good ideas and some helpful information. So I'm hopefully, hoping to get that across to you all. Just for those of you on the call who may not be familiar with who the Multi-State Information Sharing and Analysis Center is, and I will shorten that to MSISAC. So the MSISAC has actually been designated by CISA and DHS as a key resource for cyber threat prevention, protection, response, and recovery for state, local, territorial governments, but also tribal, and that's why we're here today. And we can support any tribal entity as long as it's tribally owned or run. So that could be casinos, gaming centers, um, healthcare, health centers, education, tribal councils, councils, whatever it may be that's tribal, we are here to assist you as well. Um, we receive federal funding so that we can provide all of these services to you all at no cost. Again, Mike just said it, CISA has their great services for free and so do we. Um, and there's a lot that he does that we don't do and there's a lot that we do that he doesn't do. So um, you're getting a whole slew of, of things to explore and discover today. Um, and again, we're very mission driven. We're here to help you out. We're looking forward to working with more of you. Mike kind of touched on a couple things of what, you know, why are criminals even coming to tribal entities, to state and local governments. It's because we have all the stuff, you have all the stuff that the hackers want. You have EPI, or excuse me, PII, and you have that protected health information. Um, what about all the financial documents and casinos, everybody's driver's license that you may have, any sort of other critical data? You have it, they want it. We have to try and help protect your data and protect your people. And unfortunately, you know, we talk a lot about ransomware and all the other types of malware and viruses, but we all know the old, you know, the old saying is that it's not if it happens, it's when it happens. So we really want to be prepared and make sure that you have all sorts of different services to help you and really increase your cybersecurity posture. So what can you actually do about it? You know, and where do you kind of start? So this is, I mean, six things that you could do. There's a million more, but I always like to say I'm a sports fan, former basketball player. So defense wins games. I truly believe that. But it's, it's, it's hard to do that. But when it is done right, it is going to help you win that game. So there's all sorts of things you can do. Multi-factor authentication, offline tested backups. Um, but what about things like cyber awareness education for all of your staff? Right, So it's not just the IT folks that need to know about cybersecurity, it's everybody in your organization or in your entity. So that's very important to get across. It's also, you can use all the free and low cost security services that are available out there. We just heard all about the great things that CISA can do. We we're gonna hear about all the great things that Tribal ISAC has for you all. And then of course, my shameless plug, MSISAC, please join us. <laughs> so what happens when you join the MSISAC? What, what are you actually getting? So I could talk to you all for about an hour, 
about each and every one of our services, but I, you know, it's the end of the day and I'm not going to do that to you. So what I'm going to do is actually highlight four different services and products that I think are really important and really kind of drive home different ways for executive and IT leaders to really think about cybersecurity and make sure that organization that you're working for is best protected. So there's a lot of things that we do. We have a lot of intelligence, a lot of different disseminations that we can send. We have a lot of services we can provide, but let's go right into those top four. So the first one is our Security Operations Center, and this is a 24 by 7 by 365 manned location. So there are actual people who have the overnight shift or the shift during, you know, snowstorm or a holiday or whatever it may be. So there is somebody that's always there answering emails, picking up the phone. It's not going to go to voicemail. You're not going to have to wait. And these folks are very important because they're doing a lot for us. Um, they're really invaluable. And, and to you all on this call, they can actually be part of your team. Utilize them for questions. Give them your IPs and public domains, the public facing domains. They can monitor those for you and do so anonymously so that no, you know, there's no sharing of any sort of information. It's just directly from whoever's monitoring it right back to the organization. It's not shared with anyone else. And I just wanted to highlight that. They also share a lot of information on active threats. So if there's something that's hitting, you know, casinos and maybe it's happening on the East Coast, well, it's likely going to go to the West Coast. So we'll send out alerts so that people are better, you know, notified and prepared. Hey, this could be coming your way and here's how you might be able to stop it. Another great thing that the Security Operations Center does is they help triage incident response. So. What you'll hear today, I think, you know, uh, Mike from CISA mentioned it earlier, is there's a lot of different ways that you can have incident response assistance without having your own team. You can utilize CISA or you can even utilize us. So we, and we all work together in all honesty, we're all going to try and sit together and try to find ways to, to assist you. So with the cyber incident response team, these are our small and mighty team that's going to assist and hopefully remediate those issues that you're encountering. They can also help with different policies. Set up your IR policy. What's your guidance for incident response? And they're really at your disposal. And I think that that's a huge benefit that there's somebody that you can call the minute something is wrong on your network and you're going to get help. That's what we want to be able to do is really, again, protect you and help against all these active threats that are going on in every sector, tribal and everywhere. So the third thing I want to talk about is the malicious domain blocking and reporting. I'm going to shorten this to MDBR. There's another dollar in my pocket. Just kidding. Um, so MDBR, uh, this is a great service. This is actually released in July of 2020. So it's been going on for a little bit over a year. I think we have about 4,000 or so entities um, engaged with MDBR. Again, this is another no-cost service. So this actually operates as a partnership with Akamai, and it is a great no-cost way to help you block ransomware. And what I want to tell you and why I think this is a special service and something that's really important is because obviously ransomware, ransomware is a hot button, but this proactively blocks traffic. And I want to say that again, it's proactively blocking traffic. So this is keeping things out of your network before they even, you know, are allowed in. And I think that's really important because it's going to block harmful web domains from anybody even accessing them. 
So let's say that a phishing email made it into your organization and someone's trying to steal, you know, information or get credentials or get control of your computer. If you have MDBR, it is very likely that we'll be able to block that because as soon as someone clicks on it, that traffic is going to be blocked and then logged. And then every week you get a weekly report letting you know, hey, this happened, this going, is going on. If anything did get through, again, we have that cert that can help you. It's a really easy implementation. It's a DNS re-forward you know, re uh, service. And so there's nothing, no hardware, no software, nothing you really have to do. It's a quick email setup um, with anybody on our teams in the stock or through my team stakeholder engagement. So again, great product. Um, I think it's something that's hugely beneficial to your all of your organizations and everyone across the US. The last thing I want to talk about um, for our services and for products is actually an assessment. This is the Nationwide Cybersecurity Review, otherwise known as the NCSR. Um, and this is very timely because this assessment opens on October 1st. And what's important about this assessment is it's really going to help show, show you and, you know, you know, from the executive down to the staff, where you are in your cyber maturity and where you need to improve potentially and where you're doing really well. Because you want to know that too. Like, what are you doing that's actually working? Um, this is voluntary. All the information is anonymous. And what's great about it is that we do capture, if you're from a tribe or a local school or a state, but we can anonymize that data. And you can look at peer-to-peer -peer groups. Maybe you want to see how you do against everybody else from the tribal nations that have done this, um, this assessment. You can see kind of how you stack up. And I think what's great about that is you can kind of see how the whole you know, unit, the whole sector, the whole group of tribes are doing and you know, really help support each other to get more cyber secure and to grow that maturity um, with all of your systems. Another thing I just wanted to point out for the executives that are in, in the room, it can really also help with budgeting and trying to justify investments. It gives you a nice document that says, hey, here's where my gaps are, here's where my capabilities are, and here's where we need to invest the money so that we can become more cyber secure, protect our data, and protect our people. So these are the four things from the SOC to the CERT, to MBBR, to NCSR. I told you there's going to be a lot of acronyms in here, but I hope you kind of have a rough idea of what they all are. And these, I would say, are the top four things that you want to access when you become an MSISAC member. Again, at no cost to you for the membership or any of the services that we utilize. I always love throwing something a little fun in here. Living <laughs> plugged in is who we are as a nation, and it's, it's needed. So we've got to find ways to avoid these cyber attacks or find ways to get through these cyber attacks. And here's just a couple suggestions, a couple things to really take away from this presentation. Um, you know, assess your organization's capabilities. Really find out where you stand. Find out where you are and where you need to grow. Take advantage of all the resources available to you. You have three great groups presenting today, um, giving you all sorts of information. And guess what? There's actually a lot more out there, too. Um, take advantage of all of those. Definitely foster information sharing. 
you have the new tribal ISAC. I think it's a fantastic idea. It, you know, it, the tribal ISAC is for you. <laughs> you know, the MS ISAC, yes, we're here to support you as well and, you know, do the best we can. But the point is to really share information together. If you're isolated and you're not sharing and you're not talking, it can be really damaging. And we'd like to see, you know, everybody across the U.S., specifically tribes, you know, succeed and get through all these cyber issues that we all have to face. Provide feedback specifically to the MSI SEC. We want to know what else do you need from us? How else can we further support you? Is there a pilot you want us to do? Is there some sort of product or software that you want us to create or get some funding for? We want to know all of that. So please tell us what we can do better. Utilize all these partnerships that are already in place. We talk with the tribal ISAC, we talk with CISA, um, and again, there's other partnerships in place that really support your community. Utilize them. And my shameless plug, I apologize, but if you're not a member already, please join the MSI SAC. I work for stakeholder engagement, which means I work with our membership. So I am here to help. I run part of the program and I am always available to do whatever I can to better support our mission and our membership. And with that, I will pass it back to Tiffany. Thank you so very much, Greta. And, you know, I love everything you had to say. And it's it's about it's about supporting the tribes. And that's something that I think every panelist here across the board has been a part of that mission today. So without further ado, I'm going to pass it on to Miss um, Tony Pepper. Thank you. Thank you. I, it's interesting. You know, today has been amazing. I will tell you that, you know, as most of us are extremely busy in our day to day lives, um, taking a full five hours, however many hours it's been, it's been a long day. I started at 8 a.m. this morning because uh, I'm on the Pacific uh, side of the world. And uh, I've actually been to every session. I've enjoyed every bit of it. I, I think there's been an amazing amount of information sharing. And I'm here to wrap up the day with Tribal ISAC. It's been mentioned throughout the day. So for those of you who aren't familiar with it, take a seat and get ready. Tribal ISAC, known as the Tribal Information Sharing Analysis Center. Greta, thank you for teeing this up. I should have let you do the presentation. You're a big advocate and I appreciate that. Really, you know, a little background on this one. My day and I have worked together for many, many years. And for a long time, we've known um, that there was a huge need for, you know, information security, information technology folks to really share to make us all better. Mike has put a lot of effort into this, you know, in the last two years. And then last year with the pandemic and a lot of other things that happened, it was just an amazing time uh, to really get everybody going. And I'm excited that I've been able to be part of this. Early this year, actually in the tail end of last year, we got really serious about this. And earlier this year, we formed a truly functioning tribal ISEC group. We have a full-on board of directors, as you can see here on the slide, and we have a Tribal ISAC Steering Committee um, who is comprised of me, Mike, and Lee and Bill that you heard from earlier today. We are very engaged and active group. We spend a lot of time, you know, focusing on the topics and things that, you know, we need to bring to the table to try to make us a better stronger, uh, more secure industry as a whole on the tribal side. And I think so far, you know, in just a few short months, we've grown to over 70 members and we continue to try to grow that. Seeing on the chat, a lot of folks talking about, you know, we're stronger together. Greta mentioned this as well, you know, information sharing is key to us all, you know, combating all the bad actors out there. So really excited to be part of this and to share this with you guys today. 
So why the tribal ISAC? Um, you know, as Greta mentioned, you know, tribes and tribal enterprises are targets. You probably read this, you know, every day for those of you on the tribal side specifically. It seems like every day, every week at least, we're seeing something about a tribe getting attacked, really just getting worse all the time. And we do have data that they that they want. I think they realize that some of us aren't so sophisticated. You know, you heard Bill talk about when he first came to the Eastern Band, you know, they didn't even have validation that their backups were working. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity. And I think, you know, the bad actors do band together and they do share information. And so I think they, you know, they know that we're an easy target. And the only way to combat that is to come together. We can do one of two things. We can sit around and just wait till it happens to us like it inevitably will. Or we can come together and try to work toward, you know, being stronger, being prepared, increasing our security posture. I think today has been a, a, a lot of good information on, you know, trying to educate people on the kind of risks that are out there, what the tribes are facing, why we're vulnerable. And really, I can't say it enough times that, you know, coming together and sharing information is the best way for us to stand together and try to protect ourselves, not wait until we have to react. I think um, Bill's chief said today, you know, fear is a strong motivator. It would be better if we could be proactive versus reactive. Nobody wants to be in that situation where you don't have a choice. As Greta said, you heard from Greta, you heard from Mike today. There's a lot of resources out there, a lot of ISAC groups. When I was years ago, you know, there was when we were trying to get ISAC together in the gaming industry on the commercial side, you know, we shopped around and shopped around and to figure out what was the right ISAC for us. A lot of us joined the retail ISAC. A lot of us joined the financial ISAC. Many of us are members of the MS ISAC with Greta's group. But there's never really been anything until this year that's really targeted and specific for tribes to get together and share, you know, our our own kind of challenges. And I'll say this, we all think we're unique. I think we do have some unique commonalities that are different from everybody else. And I think it's important that, you know, we band together and continue to share. I'm actually not going to do this one. I think that uh, this familiarity, I think Bill did a great job today talking about, you know, their issue and how they went about it. And, you know, I got to believe that if the tribal ISAC had existed when Bill had his issue. He would have been picking up the phone and calling many of us to ask for help instead of having to go it alone. Um, I, for one, have found, you know, in these 70 plus members, I feel comfortable picking up the phone and calling any of them for advice or suggestions or vendor recommendations or anything else since we've started meeting together, which is another huge value. So I'll jump through this. Um, benefits. You can read all the details, but I'll tell you what I have found to be the most, two most impactful things, I think, for this group that differentiates us. One is we have our own dedicated analyst that sends us daily intelligence reports. And I will tell you, I subscribe to a million and one things, lots of intelligence reports, but I can tell you that, you know, the partnership that we have, Gate 15, Jennifer, who's on this session today, does a great job of combing through all the millions of things out there and really providing us a nice summarized intelligence sheet that we can just click on and pick out what we think are the most pertinent things to us. I think she does a good job of combing through all the noise and really feeding us what's most pertinent. I read it almost every day, find a lot of value in it, and I think you guys would too. Secondly, are the monthly member meetings. So we have a call every month. Everybody who's a member is invited to join. We have different formats each month. Sometimes we have a speaker. Sometimes, you know, we always have a specific topic, sometimes multiple topics. But what I like most about that session is people share. It's not a one-way conversation where, you know, someone's doing a slide deck and then 
you ask for the deck and you go away. It is real engagement. Lots of people ask questions. We veer off on other topics. You know, we connect outside the meeting for lots of things. And I think that to me has been the most valuable. I've met people all over the country over the last several months and being part of the tribal ISAC and big, small, medium. You know, I have the luxury of being at a, you know, an organization that's rather large. We have a lot of resources, but there are also a lot of folks in the group that don't have the resources that SMOL has. And so people have reached out and I've been able to help those people share some best practices, share some vendor recommendations, things like that. We're all benefiting from the relationship. And I think that is the most impactful piece of all of this to me is the networking, the relationship building, the really having a network of folks that you can go to proactively and I'm guessing reactively if we need to. We've heard today a lot of discussion about a lot of resources that are out there on our tribal ISAC page, tribalisac.org, I think is in the chat probably and here on the screen. You know, we're trying to build a resource page for for a one-stop shop, right? So instead of having to remember how to get to Mike's site or Greta's site or everybody else's site, we're trying to, you know, build this catalog for everyone that it's one place to go. You click on it, takes you out to wherever you need to be. Just because there's so many things, so many offerings, so many services, everybody wants to help, but sometimes it just becomes confusing on where to go. So we're trying to create this um, seamless integration page here for you to just go for your resources. We've got a lot of information. I'm not going to show you the video, but I will tell you, you know, one of the things that we talked about today is, you know, how do you get your execs to buy in to giving you the, the funding to get support or resources or what have you? Tribal ISAC. A little bit different from CISA and from MSISAC is that it's not zero. It is a teeny tiny cost, I will tell you. All the information's on our website. But I do think, you know, we provide a lot of good material that I think is really pointed to the right audience when you need to go and ask for funding to be part of this. Please take the time to go and check it out. The videos are amazing, very comprehensive, answer a lot of questions that you may have as soon as you start it. But by the time you get to the end, you'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe they crammed that into five minutes. So Mike and his team did a really good job on putting that together. Highly recommend you go out there. And then lastly, you know, I'll wrap up with this and I know Bill and Mike and Lee may want to add some things, but you know, security is everyone's responsibility. We heard that time and time and time again. It's not just an IT issue. It's everyone's responsibility, right? You can choose to collaborate, you know, not to isolate, right? Be informed, be engaged, have all your tribe or tribal enterprise join us. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, an IT person. Uh, we're happy to have execs. We're happy to have gaming commission folks. We're happy to have anybody who wants to be part of this, as long as we can continue to share, educate, and come together to be stronger. With that said, that is the wrap up of an amazing day. I think Mike or Tiffany are probably going to bring us home, but I, for one, you know, have found great value in today's sessions. You know, I learned a lot that I didn't know. You know, I learned something every time I, I have a conversation with someone about this topic. I think Bill's real life recant of, you know, their experience is just terrifying. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, and I commend them for, you know, really focusing on the silver lining that they got out of that. I think that's a story I've heard several times from several different organizations that have had an attack like that. And again, you know, the more we can share, the more we can learn from each other, we can be proactive in preventing it from happening to, to us. So with that said, I'll turn it back over to Tiffany. All right. Thanks so much. We had a couple questions in the chat for our panelists, and I want to pull those up. Um, we had one, looks like here for Mike Jackson, it says here, uh, how does the CISA assessment compare to the S2 score? And then there was one other question I'll read off for you, which was, 
Are there people leveraging different services from CISA and MSISAC at the same time? All right. Well, hi, everybody. It's Greta again. Um, I can answer the question in regard to the MSISAC and, you know, are folks using MSISAC and CISA and, you know, how does that all work? So, you know, being that we get our funding from DHS and CISA, we, we do try to keep things separate. We have our own mission. We have our own job to do. So the services that we provide are typically, typically, I'll say, <laughs> things that only the MSISAC provide. So our intelligence might be a little bit different. The our SOC is managed completely by the MSI SAC and the Center for Internet Security. Um, the MDBR program, which is that ransomware program, um, you know, to try to proactively block ransomware, that is all handled by the MSI SAC. But there are times where we cross over. So incident response is the biggest thing. In incident response, you really want all hands on deck. So you can call the MSI SAC. You could call CISA. It's likely that we're going to all try and help each other. Call local PD, FBI, whatever it may be. So we do cross over there, but that's, that's really it. You know, we could have members that are utilizing a lot of our services, but they're also doing some of the different assessments that CISA offers. You know, there's also things called cyber hygiene. That's all run through CISA. We support it. We, you know, we tell people about it because we think it's a great way to look at your vulnerabilities. So we may push people to that because we can't provide that as the MSI SAC. Um, I hope that answers the question, but I think the, the general gist of it is you can utilize us both. It's just going to better protect you. So this is Mike Jackson. I'm not exactly sure how it compares. What our assessment is built off of is the risk, uh, a risk model that was developed by Carnegie Mellon. And it's not more of a score of whether you did something or whether you didn't. It's really more about how mature your organization and your processes are. And that's one of the first things that I covered when we set up like an initial CPV, which we call a cyber protection visit, roughly around a 30-minute intro and explanation about some of the services that, that may be more applicable to your organization. So that being said, I, I don't know that I have a good answer for that as far as comparison, but I do want to remind you that it is developed to show you more of the maturity level of your organization as a whole, and it's free. I want to just take a moment to make sure that if you enjoyed your engagement here today with our security summit, that you also visit us at community.tribalhub.com, which I also posted in the chat. That is a great community where you can you know connect with your tribal peers, and um, you know there's different discussion topics from everything from health to um, gaming to tribal government, and it's also where we host our uh, tribal ISAC group. So shout out to the tribal ISAC group there, and if if you're interested in membership and you haven't joined us yet, I mean, why not? Why are you not a member yet? So email me at tiffany at tribalhub.com and I'm happy to discuss what we can do for your organization. And we'd love to have you be a part of the hub. You guys, it all starts with a simple process of becoming a member of the nonprofit Tribal ISAC, the information security sharing community specifically for tribes. 
and being aware of the resources and tribal contacts within CISA and MSISAC. Preparedness and solid security has never been best achieved through isolation, so it's time to get engaged with the resources that can help you. If you have any questions on Tribal ISAC, how to reach out to CISA or MSISAC, please reach out to any of us here at Tribal Hub at contactusatribalhub.com. And everybody, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and follow our show wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. You can connect with all of us here by searching Tribal Hub on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and follow us at our webpage at tribalhub.com. Thanks, everybody.